Rated everyone 10 and up. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, we share our wildest stories and coolest creations from The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. My name is Chris, and this time I'm joined by Ethan from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Ethan. Hello. And Jason from the communications team here at Nintendo of America. Hi, Jason. Hey, Chris. Plus, Anthony from the social media team. Hi, Anthony. Hey, how's it going? Great. So uh, you guys have all been digging into The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, um, exploring, making things, and seeing what you can get away with. And I've been dying to hear about the crazy creations you've been putting together um, using the Fuse and Ultra Hand abilities and you know any unexpected situations you might have found yourself in. But before we get started, um, I have an update for everybody listening that this is the last episode we currently have planned for Nintendo Power Podcast. Um, the podcast has been a real passion project for myself and the people who've generously made time to help produce the show or appear on it. Uh, and we'll all still be here in our regular roles at Nintendo of America, popping by each other's desks to talk about games like we always do. Um, and all five years and 57 episodes of the show will continue to be available, and we may pop back in at some point for special episodes here and there. Uh, we don't have any plans to do that right now, but we like leaving the door open just in case. So you'll want to stay subscribed so you can uh, easily get at all the old discussions, interviews, game recommendations and quizzes, and, and stay aware of anything else that might happen down the road. And I can't thank all of you enough for listening, whether this is your first episode or you've been with us from the start. Um, now, we wanted this episode to be special, and luckily, we get to go out with the game that I've been looking forward to the most this year, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And this is actually really great because we featured The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, in our very first episode. And it kind of reminds me of how Nintendo Power Magazine was bookended by two Super Mario games on its first and last covers. So that's pretty cool. Now, before we really dig in and talk about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom in detail, uh, some people may have heard that there's a new Legend of Zelda game, but they might not know much about it just yet. So, Ethan, um, how would you briefly describe The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and maybe what sets it apart from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Um, yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, so one thing I'd start by saying is that this is a direct sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And if you've been playing um, Legend of Zelda series games um, you know, for a while now, you probably know that this series doesn't do direct sequels that frequently. We oftentimes get games... Um, in the series that have similar themes, right? We usually have the hero Link, um, you know, the holder of the Triforce of Wisdom, Princess Zelda, um, and an antagonist usually in Ganon or Ganondorf. Um, and those themes with the Triforce and, and the Master Sword will come up again and again in games that take place in a kingdom called Hyrule, but they're kind of each these self-contained stories, whereas this game is very clearly a direct sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and so that you know makes it unique, um, I think, from the get-go. But you, you can also see that by looking at the game. And that's something that I do hope people will understand. Um, when you look at uh, the, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, um, at first glance, you'll see a lot in common with um, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, both in the graphics, um, 
things down to the menus you might see, um, the sounds you'll hear while you're playing the game will all remind you of uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild if you've played that game. But it's really when you dig into that world, begin to explore, um, and begin to use Link's new abilities um, that you realize how much further this game goes and uh, how it builds upon um, that first game in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and, and just takes it to a new area even though we're still in the same version of uh, the Kingdom of Hyrule. Um, so that's one, one point I just wanted to kind of stress at the beginning. It's, it's I think, really great that we're getting um, a direct sequel to a game that so many people played and enjoyed and, and did so for such a long time um, with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So. With The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, um, a couple points I want to stress, an expanded world. So we do have, we are playing around in the same version of Hyrule. Um, and when you're on the surface of Hyrule, you'll recognize a lot of familiar locations. Um, those locations are in the same places. You're going to run into some of the same characters that you met in uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild but a lot of changes have occurred in this world. There's a pretty important event that happens uh, at the beginning of the game. I uh, won't go into too much detail, don't want to spoil that for folks, but uh, it does reformat uh, things in Hyrule in a number of different ways. So familiar locations are there, but changed. Um, and discovering what those changes are, uh, especially if you are somebody who played um, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild extensively, getting back to, you know, much loved locations, seeing different characters and seeing how those places have changed and how those people are diff you know dealing with the the different circumstances in this game is is really um, a fun experience, I think. Um, and you get to experience that each time you encounter something familiar. Um, but there's also a lot that you really need to play this game uh, to experience directly how it has changed in terms of gameplay. So all of Link's abilities um, uh, in this game are new. Um, so we'll talk about them in detail, but Link has um, four main abilities, um, Ultra Hand, Fuse, Recall, and Ascend. Those are all new, and they really change the way that the player can navigate this world. Um, so, you know, you have new ways to traverse the environment. You have some pretty wild creative options that encourage your creativity and your experimentation, and it all adds up to playing through a game that, feels similar uh, in its basic kind of structure and its basic uh, controls as The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But, you know, each step you take further into uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom shows you um, how, how much further it goes beyond that previous game, I think, and um, kind of blows you away uh, in a way that, that I had when I played The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It was kind of mind-blowing for me as a longtime series fan. Um, and I'm having those same mind-blowing moments uh, with this game. And I, I was like, wow, they did it again, was kind of the, the takeaway I had in the first few hours I spent with the game. That's awesome. And that's a great uh, summary, I think, for anyone who, who maybe needed to be caught up a bit. One thing that did occur to me when you were talking, I mean, obviously, a lot of people who have Nintendo Switch have played The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And a lot of those people spent, you know tons and tons of, of, of hours in that game. But what about people who, for some reason, or maybe they've just come to Nintendo Switch recently and are checking out uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom without having played the previous game? Um, I would imagine to them, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, like you said, if you've played the previous game, there's a lot 
of extra kind of context that you get. But I imagine to them, everything's just brand new. Yeah, I think that's totally, you know, a fair, a fair thing to wonder. And playing through the game, you know, myself, um, I, w- I was thinking this, you know, because I have to kind of think that's part of my job is to think about, you know, the different angles like that. And, and one of the things that I think, you know, this is something the development team um, over in Japan um, took into account as well. And I think it is a very welcoming experience, both for the longtime series fan, um, the the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild player, and also the new player. I think this game was made knowing that like there were going to be a lot of people that you know may have been too young uh, for the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, may have not had a, a Nintendo Switch at that point, um, and you know for whatever reason uh, we can't play all games as much as we might want to and haven't experienced that that previous title. Um, so. I do think that it it really does bring people in. The story kind of um, captivates you uh, from from the get go, and then you're off and running. And you know, one of the things you know, we don't we don't pull the curtain back too much, but I on on our development processes and things like that. But one thing that I love about the Legend of Zelda development team and the people that they get to work on these games is that they have, you know. They, they have such a, uh, an attention to detail and a care for the player. Um, and, you know, the experience of playing this game, whether you are someone who's familiar with the basic controls that Link had in, you know, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, or are new to games like this, like my daughter was uh, when she played that previous game, um, you know, the the on-ramp that they, that they set for you um, really does, um, you know, kind of take every type of player into account. So you're going to be able to move, you know, a little more quickly through the the earlier content maybe if you are a super, you know, um, experienced Breath, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild player. Uh, or, you know, if you are new to, to these games, I still think you're going to be able to, you know, proceed at your own pace and the content, the challenges they set for you there are, are appropriate for a really, really wide range of players. That's great. Yeah, that's what I would have expected based on the previous games in the series. All right, now really digging in now. Uh, you know, you mentioned those new abilities: fuse, ultra hand, ascend, and recall. Um, especially fuse and ultra hand. You know, some of the things that I've seen, and I haven't had a chance to play the game yet. I'm, you know, we'll obviously be starting uh, today along with everyone else uh, with the game's release. Um, but um, one of the things I'm excited for the most is just all the creative options that I've seen in the trailers and some of the the gameplay demonstrations and previews. Um, you know, being able to combine items, being able to uh, build things, you know, to kind of um, uh, just come up with creative solutions to any problem you may encounter in the game. So I want to hear from you guys now, maybe some of the experiences you've had, you know, maybe some things that that turned out to be great, uh, helpful ideas, maybe some things that blew up in your face, but made for a good story. So, um, you know, Jason, maybe starting with you, what do you, th- what are some of the things that you've encountered so far in the game that, that, uh, that kind of uh, you know stick out to you now? Yeah, I I, I mean there there are so many to be honest, and and it's to kind of build on what Ethan was saying, the ways in which this version of Hyrule uh, is ex- expanded just continually surprise me. Like around uh, every new sight line, or um, I, I guess the the example that immediately came to mind was. Uh, I was spending some time in the uh, southeastern part of the map uh, in uh, the vicinity of Loreland Village, and I wasn't – there's kind of a whole uh, scenario there 
um, that I wasn't quite ready to engage with. And so I was, I took to the seas and, um, partially I was just kind of, uh, hang gliding myself as, uh, or paragliding, uh, as far out into the water as possible. But there came a time where I did land and I had to, uh, get pretty creative with my problem solving. Uh, I didn't want to, uh, you know, travel back to, uh, a shrine or a previous point that I'd been to. And I really wanted to kind of give myself the challenge of, you know, I, I'm in this mess. How can I get out? And using the Ultra Hand ability, I crafted what can only be described as a dinghy, a very <laughs> unsophisticated vessel for seafaring. But it did the trick. And uh, with the help of a Zonai device or two, I was able to kind of uh, reach in uh, a strip of land that actually had quite a few uh, usable Zonai devices to improve my dinghy. And uh, instead what I did was I found a, uh, a wing Zonai device. So I ended up making a glider uh, that carried me the rest of the way to shore. Um, but my kind of ingenuity when it came to, uh, you know, solving that, that issue is kind of, you know, stranded in the middle of uh of the bay there uh it was just like a, a really small but really um kind of fun moment because because like ethan said there's uh your your imagination obviously there are you know resource limitations um but if you are planning ahead and you and you have those resources uh you can kind of find creative ways out of most of the situations you'll find yourself in um, and by the time I was kind of gliding over to the next shrine area and looking back at the the distance I'd traveled, uh, there was a really cool sense of accomplishment that I think um, I didn't really get from the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and and not that that was a bad thing, but it was it was new. It was an entirely new thing. Of um, you know, I, I kind of uh, slammed a couple pieces of wood together and. Uh, solved the problem and then uh, ended up with a, a glider that had a control stick and fans and batteries and I was able to cover a bit more ground that way. So um, that was just one really honestly straightforward example. I've had uh, more mishaps with monster trucks and and the like, but um, <laughs> maybe we'll get into those a little later. Now you mentioned um, Zonai devices, like I think you said a controller and, and some other pieces. Um, I, I'm kind of familiar with those, but can you Talk just a little bit more about the difference between Zona devices and any other kind of items you might find lying around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's actually kind of low-key one of the most exciting things uh, in support of the new abilities. Um, so like Ethan mentioned, you can ultra hand uh, several things together to build uh, structures or, you know, the beginnings of a vehicle, but how those vehicles really come to life is with these Zonai devices. And they're not just limited to things like the wing or the control stick or wheels, for instance. Um, you also have uh, fans that can serve as uh, paraglider propellant or uh, portable pots. So you can uh, maybe cook up something nice and spicy if you find yourself in some tundra areas. And, uh, and Link does his very uh, iconic little shiver. Um, gotta, gotta protect the boy. But uh, <laughs> the Zonai devices themselves are uh, just this kind of whole other dimension, uh, additive dimension to the uh, powers of both, uh, the abilities of both Fuse and Ultra Hand uh, that you can carry with you in little capsules. 
And these little capsules can be deployed, and then that spawns the item into the world, and you can kind of start attaching them. Uh, anything from lights to rockets to aforementioned fans and control sticks. And you just see with each item that I mentioned, and I, I've barely scraped the surface of what's in the game, you can just exponentially create these wilder and wilder creations. So I kept it really tame with... Uh, you know, putting a battery and some fans and a control stick on a glider when I could have added a hydrant that shoots water or uh, a light to if, you know, if it was dark out or foggy or something. So um, they, they really just add this wonderful element to the game. Uh, and, and I also mentioned you can find them in the world, too. Um, unfortunately, you can't pick those up and, and just put them in a little capsule and tuck them in your pouch. But um, that's why you want to make sure you have a bunch of those capsule, capsules with you uh, at, any, at any point. To that point, though, I think it does, does make you stop whenever you come across an area. <clears throat> excuse me. Whenever you come across an area that has uh, all these devices, right, just out, out in the wild. You know, you can't put them in your capsule and carry them with you, but you can take that moment and see what is there and like try and create something wild or crazy um, just to sort of, you know, make your own little adventure in that moment. I find myself doing that all the time. Um, you know, like just being obsessed with rockets. If there's three rockets, like why there has to be a use for them. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> why did they leave them here of all you places? You can't let them uh, just sit there. But uh, another cool thing too is like, you know, th um, the game often like sort of puts you in a situation where, okay, let's say there's a cart and there's a track, and the obvious answer is to put a fan on that card and get across the track, but, I mean, that's not the only solution, right? Like, you can, anything your imagination can come up with, with the tools that you have, you can make it happen, right? Like, if I just want to put fans on this card and fly across the track somehow, and I can make it work, then <laughs> let's do it. And I think that that's, that's what's so special about it. It's like you create these uh, moments to complete objectives that are different, maybe, than what the next person is doing. Um, you're kind of reaching for the same objective, but you're creating your own adventure uh, in the middle of that. So that's that's something really cool that I think is uh, definitely you know expanded on in the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom versus Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, where it was a similar thing, but now you know you sort of have this new logic to go by, a new set of tools where you even if you have played the previous game, you kind of have to like rethink. Mm -hmm. uh, your logic that you would have in that in in the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool exercise, and I think for players that are new to the game, I mean, it's even more interesting to see the things that they come up with having not played the previous game before. Yeah, I think every player there's a certain part of you where where once it becomes clear, you feel that the hand of the the game's developers guiding you. You want to you want to jump track, right? You want to figure <laughs> out like, okay, the game wants me to do this, but I'm going to show them, you know, I'm going to come up with my own thing to do and I'm going to, I'm going to do the unexpected and I'm going to, I'm going to beat them somehow at their own game. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, even in the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, there were a lot of great opportunities. You know, a lot of people found some really clever ways to kind of, uh, you know, skip to the end of the game really quickly or get past, you know, certain obstacles in, in kind of fun or novel ways. And it just seems like from everything you guys are saying or saying and what I've seen that, that, that uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom just has so many more tools at your disposal to kind yeah. of do that and kind of uh, stick it to the game and, and, and make your own <laughs> way. Even if it means you spend an extra hour doing something that was totally oh, unnecessary just yeah. because it was fun to do. Yeah, spending unnecessary. It, I, I mean, it's never unnecessary because <laughs> you're always learning something uh, about the next creation or the next thing. But I've spent like 
maybe, you know, at least an hour trying something, like multiple iterations of the same thing that just never worked. Like, you know, for example, like trying to, uh, you know, get a, a Korok from one spot to the next. I'm like, okay, maybe I can put a rocket on this thing, on this platform, and then shoot it across, but then it falls off right midway. And so then I try and use recall and like, throw something from the, uh, you know, the, the goal location and then like recall it back and that doesn't work. And then at the end of the day, you know, you find a solution that was like the simplest one all along, but it's about the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Journey there and then is. like you said, <laughs> you, you, no time's wasted, right? Because you, yeah. you remember that, you remember what you learned. And then later on, maybe recall is the key to solving a certain puzzle. And yeah. you've already kind of started thinking along those lines. And recall is uh, the ability, at least that I've seen in trailers where, um, you can basically, whether it's a boulder rolling down a hill or something that falls from the sky, you just you just uh, use recall on it, and then it just reverses its motion. So the bowl, boulder maybe rolls right back up the hill and crushes some some enemies, or you know it goes back up into the sky, and maybe you can tag along somehow. So um, so that's another one that I, you know I've been personally mostly focused on fuse and ultra hand, but I'm sure even recall or ascend, which lets you kind of go up you know, kind of travel up. You could be like in a cave and just go through the ceiling, go through the mountain and end up on top of the mountain. Yeah. I'm sure that there'll be all sorts of creative uses for those. Yeah. I mean, um, I know we, we've been talking about Fuse and Ultrahand, but that is, you know, it's really great to, to talk a little bit about Recall and Ascend, but even specifically Recall, you sort of learn that there are like these really cool ways to combine the different abilities. You know, you can use like uh, Ultrahand to move something in a certain direction and then bring it back. And then if you need to get to where that was, you can jump on that, you know, whatever it was you created and use recall to kind of go back and like, you know, there's different right. things you can do that are not like super obvious, but um, the more you use your imagination and sort of start to think about, okay, that didn't work, maybe I can try this or that, then you find some really cool uh, combinations that, um, yeah, they help you out. Like you learn them early on and then you use them over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just start putting it all together. So Anthony, sticking with you, um, what are maybe some cool creations you've made so far? Yeah, so um, there's been a lot of failed creations, <laughs> um, but not to say they weren't cool. I mean, I think <laughs> a lot of times what I do is I, I'd go for style points, right? And so, you know, if I've got flame emitters and, uh, you know, other similar types of devices, like I'll put stuff just on the side of like my contraptions just to make it so like flames come out and it looks cool. <laughs> um, but um, one, of the, one of the things I tried doing was like, you know, throughout, the, throughout Hyrule, you'll sort of come across um, these areas that just have like, like wood planks and wheels just for you to sort of like put things together and, you know, if there's a use for them, then, you know, that's, that's cool. If not, that's okay too. But uh, I've, I've tried sort of putting together a house and uh, putting uh, balloon-type things on the top of it just to see if I can <laughs> float into the sky in my home. Um, and that's been one. I tried multiple times to do it, and I don't think I quite figured it out. But uh, <laughs> More balloons. Yeah, more yeah, balloons, balloons, more different types of uh, Zonai devices between fans and rockets and... Uh, and whatnot, and I love just putting like control, like a control, uh, uh, I guess it's like a control stick kind of thing on everything just to see what I can control. Um, but uh, yeah, th that's one of the things I tried doing. Um, gosh, I've tried way too many things with rockets. Building a uh, sort of a, 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 a vehicle with 
all fans so that like you know you're kind of just like on this hoverboard sort of thing and even for good measure i put rockets on it and just <laughs> put go rockets and go, on your fans go into the distance and see where i land and that's kind of the cool thing too is like i kind of just i kind of just put things together and if i end up you know being shot into the distance and i find another area of hyrule that has some other cool things then i kind of just go with the flow and, and do that and i think that's a really cool thing too is like when you sort of start off, you know, you have some of these Zonai devices that are, you know, you start to see a lot in the beginning, like fans, for example. But as you discover more, it sort of builds this, like, kind of cool narrative where, like, every time you find a new device that you hadn't seen before, you just get, like, a whole new wave of ideas. And you start rethinking some of the stuff you were thinking about early on, like, you know, from the basic of just, like, sort of placing a fan onto uh, some sort of objects. Now that you have a new, you know, thing that moves or shoots you into the sky, then, you know, you can rethink that. So um, that's kind of how my my journey has been. Yeah. Yeah. Just the things that you guys are talking about um, remind me of of just a couple of experiences I had in the the early hours of my, you know, my time with the game that I I think a lot of people will have this experience, um, which is, you know, you as you start to get your head around what these new abilities will let you do, um, oftentimes you'll start coming up with ideas uh, of things you wanna try. And when those ideas work, you kind of wonder if somebody's gonna pop out and tell you, hey, stop that, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you know. But you quickly realize, like, no, the game is actually inviting you to do these things. Um, you're being encouraged to ask these questions of, is this possible? Um, could I go about this thing this way? And when you find a way to do it that you came up with on your own, you end up feeling like a genius. <laughs> and you know, maybe like you're breaking some kind of rule, but you slowly start to realize, oh no, I'm not breaking a rule. Like, you know, the game has been built this way, has been built to encourage my experimentation and and my, you know, sense of discovery. And these abilities are one thing that you bring with you um, to to solving the game's problems, beating the enemies, you know, um, you know, solving puzzles, overcoming obstacles that are in the game. But you, the other big thing you bring is your imagination. And nobody, no two people have the exact same type of imagination or, or the way of approaching problems, right? And one thing we've gotten to see that's been super rewarding for me you know, um, when we've had multiple people play the game or groups of people playing the game and they'll play through the same content and you can watch literally, you know, the number of people that are playing, there will be that many different ways that they're going about doing the same thing. So everyone is going to get the same copy of this game, right? You know, the, the copies of the game we play are not going to be different from each other. They're going to be the same. They come with the same sets of tools. Everyone's going to have access to the same set of abilities. The different thing that you bring to it is yourself. And that is, I think, what I'm so excited to see once, you know, we really start seeing this game in, you know, all the hands of, of everybody who's waiting to play it is I'm hoping that they'll share with us, you know, all the different ways they're playing through this game. And I think we're going to see, you know, I'll, I'm sure, actually, I know that I'll see things uh, that I've never seen before um, in not only my own experience, but my experience watching many other people play this game. Um, I know <laughs> that I'm going to see things that, like, I, I didn't know you could do that. You know, um, and and I can't wait for that. So that's that's kind of my excitement. We've had this game 
you know, in inside the the walls of of the treehouse for a long time in this kind of closed environment, and I'm so eager for it to finally be out um, in the hands of everyone and to see what each you know individual person is going to bring to that experience. Um, you know, that's that's kind of one of the the things that's been keeping me going has been has been you know just waiting for. Um, the, the different types of, of thinking and, and different types of imagination people are going to bring to this game when they get their hands on it. Yeah, I can't wait. And one thing I would add to that, too, is I imagine that, uh, you know, in addition to everyone bringing their own, their own creativity and, and uh, using the tools to, to build certain things, I would imagine that even people that come up with similar solutions or rather similar builds of things um, there's going to be a lot of variety in, in the situation in which they try to deploy those ideas. So, you know, you may put something together that just seems like a lark in, in one scenario, but then if you find just the right circumstance and you use it, maybe um, it actually has a very um, useful or kind of, I don't know, funny, mm-hmm. you know, impact on what's going on. Um, I saw, um, you know, I've seen in some previews and things like that, people will you know, uh, use the fusibility, for example, to attach uh, a piece of meat to an arrow mm-hmm. and then fire it, which, you know, if you're just practicing in the woods, maybe that doesn't seem, you know, like there's any real benefit to that. But if you if you do it, then a certain enemy might, uh, and it is nearby, a certain mm-hmm. enemy might be lured by that. And that's a way to take them away from a certain position, maybe into a trap or just to be out of your way. So mm-hmm. I imagine that's just, uh, you know, a, a very basic example of something like that. Yeah. We need to talk about Fuse. Yeah, I was going to say. There's some cool... <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and even if folk, for folks who hadn't um, watched the Treehouse Live that just aired recently, um, you know, you can go back and sort of watch uh, some of the things that they were doing in that video um, where even, like myself, I had not thought about <laughs> how some of the functionality of those uh, of those Fuse uh, <laughs> contraptions that they created. Mm. Something that, that really stands out, uh, we, we mentioned these Zonai devices being um, kind of in support of, uh, you know, Ultra Hand and, and Fuse, but also just materials from your inventory. And there are more than there were before, whether it's, you know, the carcass of a... Uh, hot-footed toe or frog, a, uh, you know, just monster parts or what have you. And even those have unique effects uh, on your weapons, your arrows, uh, your shields. So I actually was kind of blown away how many different ways I can kind of add elemental effects to my arrows, um, which is is actually really nice. I think being able to just quickly pull up your uh, inventory, your, your quick menu, and select, you know, Zonai devices or items to fuse uh, to make your weapons stronger or just, uh, again, a plethora of different ways to modify arrows uh, has been really enjoyable. Like that that ex- experimentation has been pure joy of just like, oh, this eyeball? Yeah, let's throw it on to my arrow. And now it zooms super far around a corner and very fast and it'll, you know, hit a target in midair. And I feel really cool doing that. Yeah. And I think it's probably worthwhile um, just drawing a bit of a distinction between Ultra Hand and Fuse. Mm Because a lot of people Mm -hmm. talk about, oh, I was fusing things together with Ultra Hand. And I'm like, nope, nope. (laughs) You were attaching things with Ultra Hand. Fuse is its own thing. But um, so with Ultra Hand, right, you're taking objects um, in that are in the world in front of you or the, that you've brought out of your inventory, sticking them together, you know, lift them up in the air. You know, you can rotate them around. Um, 
you know, and it feels a little bit like Magnesis from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in the ability to pick things up in the air and move them around like that. But it's it's anything. It's an apple. It's a stone slab. It's, uh, you know, a wooden crate. It's, you know, any Zonai device you have. Um, if you can target it, you can pick it up. And then you can rotate them around on a couple different axes. And then, importantly, you can attach them together. And you can attach objects together. Many, many objects can be attached to each other. So not just one object to another object. And you can attach them in multiple different configurations, kind of like at any two points where those objects meet, um, you get this green kind of glue that appears between them, and you can attach them there. And once you start realizing, like, whoa, the freedom I have to build things and attach them together in any configuration is really wild. Um, so that's Ultra Hand. And then with Fuse, right, um, as you may have seen in, like, you know, some of the, the trailers or, or Mr. Aonuma, our series producer, put out a gameplay video at the end of March. Um, or like Anthony mentioned with Treehouse Live that's just, you know, recently happened. Um, Fuse lets you take an object, similarly to Ultra Hand, one object, and attach that kind of magically to whatever weapon you're carrying or your shield uh, or an arrow. Um, so onto Link's equipment. And you can attach one, you know, you can fuse one object onto a weapon or a shield or an arrow at a time. Um, and that has a couple different effects. So it'll increase the damage a lot of times that that, that weapon does. Uh, sometimes even, you know, you can do a shield bash um, with, your, uh, with your shield. And if, if you have something sharp on the end of that, that might deal some damage as well. It'll also extend the durability of, of a weapon or a shield, um, you know, so that they won't break quite as easily. And then, as Jason was alluding to, a lot of items will have unexpected properties that you kind of need to play around with and experiment with to discover. So for example, like Jason mentioned, this keese eyeball that you'll get at, you know, after defeating one of these bat-like keese creatures that are a, a hallmark of the series, um, just ha so happens that if you attach that to your shield, maybe it's not gonna do anything. Um, not everything has a great property to it. You know, put it on your sword, I don't know if that does anything special, but if you put that on the end of an arrow and shoot that arrow, that arrow is going to have a homing property and seek after um, a target. Um, and you you need to try that out to find that out. Um, and then when you do, again, you feel like you made the discovery, right? Um, and discovering what those properties are that each item might or might not have um, you know, what happens when you shoot a meat arrow into a bunch of enemies? Well, you might think you know what happens, but you'll actually have to try it to see what happens. Um, and again, you're being encouraged to experiment. You know, you tried this and had this result. Well, now try this. And I wonder what would happen if I tried this and, and had this result. And um, that encourage, you know, in, encouragement of creativity and experimentation again, that invitation to the player um, is you know, really what I love about, about these new abilities. And, and definitely it, it, you can see it in, in Fuse and Ultra Hand, but I think it also, um, it also rears its head with uh, Recall and Ascend as well, so. Definitely, I mean, and that's a really great um, kind of overview of Fuse. Um, and you touched on a few examples there. I remember seeing some other ones in some of the trailers and videos. Uh, like, and I don't know the terms, again, haven't mm -hmm. played the game yet, but what's the thing where you put something on your shield so when it strikes it, it creates kind of a cloud that obscures Link from the enemy? Sure, sure. So um, <laughs> that's a great example. So there's lots of different plants and uh, different, you know, things growing in the environment. And that's um, a mushroom called a puff shroom. And there's a variety of different mushrooms. Anybody who played um, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild probably collected a number of different types of mushrooms. And there's a few different new ones um, in this game. 
Um, and that puff shroom, when it's on uh, your shield and it's struck by an enemy, it'll create a cloud uh, of, of smoke. But, you know, what I love about Fuse is that things do behave differently if they're a little bit, you know, behave a little bit differently if they're attached or fused to your shield versus a weapon versus your arrow. So, you know, if you are wanting to be on the defensive and get up close to an enemy and you have that puff shroom fused to your shield, you go to block, it creates a smoke cloud, and then you can either sneak away or sneak behind your enemy and strike that way. But you could also find a group of enemies that are at a distance, fuse a puff shroom, same item, onto your arrow, and shoot that arrow into their midst, create that cloud, same cloud of smoke, but now at a distance, and then you know jump off the hill with your paraglider and descend into their whole group and, and take them all out or, or do whatever you want. So the difference between the same item on a shield versus a weapon versus, um, you know, versus an arrow adds other differences that you kind of have to play around with to discover, uh, which I really love. Yeah, definitely. A Anthony or Jason, are there any kind of items that you've fused together so far that you especially found useful? Um, yeah, so, I mean, one of the really cool things, um, and I think yeah, this was also in, in the Treehouse Live recently as well, but, you know, there are these, um, as you go through different caves and you mine um, within those caves, you'll find different uh, gems that have, like, elemental properties, right? So, like, you know, a ruby that has a fire property to it. Um, and so playing with those and mm. fusing those to different weapons um, is really cool because mm -hmm. you start to... And they have uses beyond just, you know, attacking, which, you know, folks will learn, but... Um, Can I just say one? Yeah. Can I just say one? <laughs> Please do. So, <laughs> what, one of the things I love about the ruby, like, they're not just for selling, you know, this time around. Like, yeah. you, they are for selling, too. Oh, good way to get, they, they good way to get ruby. They fetch a high price, for yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 But um, the ruby, for example, um, if you fuse the ruby onto your weapon um, and you're in a cold area... Just carrying that weapon around with you, the ruby has a fire elemental property to it. Um, and just carrying that around with you will be enough to keep Link warm if you don't have, um, you know, warm clothing on. Um, and that's an unexpected I thing. I didn't even that, know that. Yet. Oh, yeah, right? So, <laughs> like, it does, when you, when you swing that weapon around, it's going to shoot fireballs, which is really nice. That's, cool. that's very <laughs> um, cool, yeah. But... You know, I was climbing a mountain at one point and had forgotten my cold weather gear, didn't have any spicy food to keep me warm. And I was like, wait, why is he not cold? I'm not, you know, because you'll take damage in cold areas. And I wasn't. And he didn't have, like Jason mentioned, his kind of uh, characteristic tooth chattering going on. And I realized I have this glowing, you know, heated rock on the end of my sword now that I've fused it to my wooden stick, I think it was. And that was keeping, keeping me warm. And I was like, oh, you know, but it, again, that moment of discovery was there. And that was, that was super cool. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about just the logic of, mm -hmm. of the game yeah. and the way that you think of things. Like I, you know, I look at it as like the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom logic versus my, <laughs> uh, you know, my Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild logic where, yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, sword fights enemies and, you know, shield blocks. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's, like, kind of the logic I go with. But as you play the game, you learn that it's just, like, it's it's never quite what you think. Like, right. you know, I mean, even fusing, like, a shield onto your sword, which is something, you know, folks have seen throughout the previews and trailers and whatnot, um, like, that, I, I didn't even think about, like, the fact that just, like, holding 
you know, shields, like that, that is a shield and a weapon in and mm-hmm. of itself. Um, and that's just like one small example. But yeah, I, I often am sort of like rethinking my logic of things. You based have on... to learn how to think differently. <laughs> yeah. What for happens sure. when you fuse a sword to your sword? What happens when you fuse a banana <laughs> to your sword? What happens when you fuse a chicken <laughs> leg to your sword? sword? Yeah. You know, again, your brain just starts racing. It's like, oh man, what happens when I try this? What happens when I try that? For sure. Jason, have you been learning to think differently? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Nonstop. Uh, One of my, like, interesting things that I will do with engagements uh, in in the game is just kind of looking at what we want uh, from a starting perspective uh, when it comes to... uh, each each engagement, whatever it is. So uh, an example I have there is uh, using things from my inventory to start fights rather than just you know uh, running in. Um, I think the really uh, maybe one of the more fun uh, opportunities I've had uh, is with dazzle fruit um, and creating mm. kind of a flashbang, uh, which is uh, really surprising to to myself. Um, but stunning enemies and then just kind of moving on with the combat from there uh, was really neat. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I found some really cool um, combinations with things that you fuse to your shield because that's one of the things where, like, my mind doesn't immediately go to. I can use my shield in different ways. But, um, you know, even, like, you know, putting, like, a uh, a flower bomb, fusing that onto your shield and then, you know doing the, the shield surf input and then that bounces you into the air and now you've got like some height like things like that I just I've learned along the way but did mm-hmm. not originally think they would do anything like yeah, that for sure I, one other thing that we got to talk a little bit about I think in terms of how the world has been expanded um, and this gets into ascend and recall a little bit as well um, but we've got to mention the sky like the oh, sky course, yeah. is oh, yeah. a massive new addition to this game and um, the area that you can explore. Um, so we've, we've talked about Zonai devices, and there's this term Zonai that keeps coming up. And I won't go into too much detail. That gets also into the story side of things, which I don't want to spoil for anyone, but I'll just leave it that like the Zonai uh, is a key term uh, for um, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom that wasn't really present. It was a little bit um, for for people who had ventured all across Hyrule in the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. They may have encountered the term Zonai here and there, but it's it's a big part of this game, um, you, you know, as mentioned with the Zonai devices, but they're also connected to the sky. And exploring the sky and the islands that have all appeared there um, in, in the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is... A really, you know, fabulous like new layer of the world to take your adventure to, but it also introduces this puzzle of sorts of going back and forth between the surface and the sky and figuring out how you're going to do that. Um, you know, Jason mentioned that once you have, you know, visited a certain shrine, you know, or a tower in the game, that you can it kind of creates a point you can uh, travel to um, on your map, but for any new island you haven't been to yet, if you're on the surface and you're looking way up in the sky, you need to figure out how am I go- how am I going to get from here, you know, way way up there to that that island I've never been to before, and and solving that problem yourself 
um, of how to traverse between the sky and the surface uh, is is really fun and, and is where a lot of these creative ideas are going to come into play. Um, recall, um, you know, looking for any object that's moved recently and seeing if there's a way for it to move backwards that might be helpful. Uh, ascend, you know, looking if there's a ceiling that's close enough to link uh, current position. It doesn't really matter how thick the material is that he's going to pass through. If you can reach the ceiling uh, by targeting it with a send, you're good to go. So just, again, kind of training yourself to think different and watch for moving objects for recall and watch for ceilings. Um, I can't tell you the number of times where we've been playing the game, you know, with multiple people where one person's playing through some content that another person has already played through and they'll watch them use recall or ascend and just, you know, the one person's mind is blown because they're like, oh my gosh, I totally did this area. <laughs> but instead I went all the way around this mountain, fought all these different enemies. And, you know, I had my own adventure there, but now I'm watching you do this. You found a cave at the bottom of the mountain um, and went into that cave cave had a ceiling in it and you just ascended all the way through the entire mountain and now you're standing on the mountain peak I never even thought to do that you know and uh, getting to see those different like moments that people have when they play this game together I know it's a single player game but it also makes for some really great kind of like surprising co-op you know couch co-op moments where it's not you know two people sharing a controller or two people playing the game at the same time but you know, when you have somebody who's been through one thing and then they watch another person do it in a totally different way, it's, you know, makes your jaw uh, kind of drop to the floor. Yeah, that shared experience is is going to be one of, if not my favorite thing about the, you know, post-launch uh, life of, of this game. I, I think just like you said, there's like a very cozy kind of feeling of, you know, just hanging out with a friend or a loved one and and watching them tackle something completely differently. You wouldn't e mm -hmm. even like wrap your head around the mechanics to do something that way. Uh, mm -hmm. This this came up so many times in our previews and and what we've seen just in the Treehouse Live. Uh, it's it's so funny to watch people approach the problems uh, or challenges mm -hmm. from different ways and what the fir their first in instinct is. I think most mm -hmm. importantly, yeah. Yeah, it takes me back to when I was in school, right? And you'd go and you'd be talking at recess with the other kids who were playing, you know, Nintendo games. And you'd hear somebody say, oh, I did this or I did that. And you're like, no way. Like, is that really possible? <laughs> no. And you couldn't wait till you got home. Mario and you'd can't try fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's important too, as like, as, as folks are playing to, you know, think like, for example, you use a send you kind of, as Ethan was sharing the example of like using that to traverse from the bottom of a mountain to the top of one. Well, you can also use Ascend very often to like escape out of mm -hmm. battles that you get into, you know, by accident. Maybe you're not ready. Um, but, you know, if your sort of mind is stuck in like, okay, I use Ascend to get from one point to the other, you kind of have to keep doing this practice of like, oh, wait, I can use it in this other situation mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. um, and so to, as you play the game, you sort of start to, like collect these lessons in your head and then you know after some time you're like doing all sorts of crazy things that you just didn't even think were possible in the mm -hmm. beginning yeah yeah man <laughs> uh, I, I would say that i'm jealous but i'm about to dive in myself so yeah so i can't be we'll i have can't to check back bad. in though I want, yeah. i'm curious to to know some of the stuff that you're going to come up with 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely want to, you know, in addition to just playing the game and enjoying the story and mm-hmm. kind of getting from point A to point B, I want to create those stories because that was what was so much fun with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was, um, like you guys have been saying about about this new game, um, you know, you everybody had kind of their own path through the game, their own approach to certain situations. Mm-hmm. And as much as you shared kind of common experiences, you also had very different experiences. And and a lot of the storytelling for me with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. was was not so much, um, you know, the, the kind of main pre-prepared story that the game presented you, but it was the stories you created along yep. the way. Yep. And um, it just sounds from everything that I'm hearing and from what I have seen so far that in The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, there's so much more possibility for mm-hmm. everyone to have their their own kind of adventure, their own stories to trade and inspire each other. And that's going to be great to to talk to you guys about and other people here at Nintendo and then just my friends and family and then looking out on the internet what people Mm -hmm. are saying. It's going to be so great. And I do want to note on on the topic of story, we, you know, we like to keep these things you know, as experiences that people get to enjoy for the first time themselves. So in the run-up to the release of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, people will know that we haven't talked a lot about the story in this game. And I'm not going to start doing it right here. (laughs) But I will say, if you are somebody who's new to the series and you're looking for a great, engaging story um, that'll just bring you into the world of Hyrule and, 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 you know, keep you going along Link's quest, um, you know... I'm like I'm super excited for this to be someone's first, you know, Legend of Zelda series game. But also for for folks like myself that have been playing these games since the first one, um, there is a lot in here to enjoy. A lot of lore uh, that I think people will feel a lot of things about, um, and I'm really excited for people to experience that stuff as well. So f- for as much uh, creative gameplay and, and experimentation as there is, um, and, and the, you know, you're free to, to write your own story and, and get distracted or run off and, and build things with Ultra Hand, there is a really fantastic um, story that, you know, is tied up with the history of Hyrule and, and Many of the main characters that we've we've known and loved, you know, throughout throughout the games in this series, as well as some new ones, waiting for people um, there. The other thing I want to mention too is that this game is it's big. It's fair to say that it's big. And if you've been watching all the videos uh, that we've been putting out and the trailers that we've put out, um, you've gotten to see a lot of of what this game has to offer. You've gotten to see the surface and you've gotten to see the sky, but I will just say you have not seen everything. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be astounded at just how much there is to explore in this game. And that's another thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing when people truly get their head around the scope uh, that this game offers you uh, in this adventure. So, Well, I'm clearing out my calendar yeah. as best <laughs> I can. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Um, and Chris, you were talking about just the idea of like, you know, hearing about other people's stories and, and adventures and stuff. And even with people that have, have played the game at this point that I've talked to and I and I hear about things that they do to complete the same objectives that I have completed, I get jealous. I'm like, oh, man, that's so much cooler than the way that <laughs> I did it. Like, I got to go back like, you know, like I might probably just go in like, you know, like a normal link with my sword and my shield and somebody else might use a 
flower bomb on a shield, jump in and slow mo shoot arrows into the base. I'm just like, that's so much cooler than what I did. Yeah, but the person who, like, if they were to watch you play, it's probably likely if they watch you play long there, enough, there's something there that yeah. they're going to be yeah. like, they will also say, like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Or like, that's the greatness of or it. Or they'll right? say, yeah. oh, my way was so complicated and you, you had this, like, simple way, yeah. you know? Um, so. I think there's always like kind of surprises on both sides. No yeah. matter how you do it, there's always going to be some other kind of approach that you didn't consider. Yeah. Right. And I just want to, and on what you were talking about with the story, Ethan, like, yeah, like what we're talking about is like mm. the things that have, we have just discovered by having these tools at our disposal and kind of just exploring. But yeah, to that end, like there is also a really great story that's happening mm -hmm. and that you're playing through. And um, that's like, this is really just the tip of the iceberg. There's mm -hmm. so much there. And so, yeah, the, the same thing with me. I'm just excited for people to really dive in and, yep. and uh, see these creations out in the wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to, like, jump on that tip of the iceberg comment because I think two <laughs> things. <laughs> anyway, five hours later, um, <laughs> I, I think uh, two things stand out to me. I, and, and uh, you know, similar to both uh, what Ethan and Anthony have said um, want to preserve the story, um, but do, just want to say one piece about it, and, and that is uh, there are some of my favorite character moments in, uh, in, in what I've experienced so far uh, that are just so endearing and so memorable. Like, uh, I, I think one of my just kind of favorite uh, elements of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was how the the champions uh, come together and, and the kind of bonds that form before the calamity happens, um, culminating in this picture with, with all of them kind of grouped together. And I love to see, uh, I love to see that um, and, and just like have those like really cool moments. Like, like we care about these characters. Like uh, you spend a lot of time with them and you kind of see their development and um, it, you know, the, the same can be said here. There's a lot of really great, um, you know, new scenarios that familiar characters find themselves in, um, and, and kind of going through, uh, various stories, uh, are, are just very rewarding. Um, and then the second thing I'll say about tip of the iceberg is I was blown away by, uh, the first game's world density, right? There was, uh, Korok seeds to find here and shrines over there and a treasure at the bottom of a lake. And I'm consistently blown away by how much more it feels like there is <laughs> packed into this world. I, anytime I go around a corner, I'm like, is there a cave over there? Or, you know, I'll turn on ultra hand to see if anything's glowing that wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> uh, be catching my eye. Otherwise, um, there are so many threads to pull in all of the corners of this game that it's so hard for me to stay on track if I'm wanting to just, you know, work on the story or if I want to do a couple shrines. There's uh, just an endless stream of things for me to do. So I, I constantly feel like I'm doing a Korok puzzle and then moving on to build some kind of vehicle and then doing some new traversal. So I, I, I think... For fans of the first game who really liked that freedom, there's just so much more of it here. And for people who find, can find that freedom debilitating, there are absolutely paths that you can follow 
if you aren't like me and just like, well, let your mind wander <laughs> as freely as possible. But, uh, you know, if you want to get into some of the new horse taming mechanics, they're there, like confirmed. Uh, if you want to really get into fashion, there's kind of a whole uh, element of the game that's expanded on even what you could do in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So um, I, I think that has been the most impressive thing to me is when I think they're like there's a limit to what I'm expecting is out there, it it just keeps growing. Yeah, it, it's always comforting when you come out of a haze of two hours of building with Ultra Hand and experimenting with Fuse, <laughs> and you look on your mini-map and you're like, oh, yeah, there's that golden dot <laughs> yep. there. <laughs> yep. Reminding me, I do actually have an objective waiting for me. It's not telling me I have to go do it right now, but it is, it is there. And so, you know, having that, that main story quest is sometimes a comfort in a game this big and with this many different things to do. Um, Knowing that that structure is there waiting for you when you when you're ready to go back to it is is nice because because it can be overwhelming at times. It's like wow, you know, there's there's too many different directions I could go and too many different um, activities I could I could take to get there. Um, so yeah, it's good it's good to have those objectives. Good in place good well. problem, but good yeah. yeah. Well, I think as we're proving, we could just go on and on and on and on and spend another few hours talking about this game. But uh, before we start. Um, teetering closer to spoiler territory. It's probably a good place to put a pin in it for now. And um, man, I can't wait to talk to you guys some more. Oh, we've got to we've got to get yeah. back together. Oh, yeah. Get, give it like a week or two and then and we'll we'll see how you've been doing. <laughs> yeah. But for now, Ethan, Anthony and Jason, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and for coming on uh, for so many episodes in the past. It's always been great to have you. It's yeah. been awesome to participate in this and other episodes, and I just want to say thank you, uh, Chris. Um, yeah. I've I've loved listening and participating in uh, Nintendo Power Podcast, and I'm sad to see it go, but um, it's it's had a great run. And like you said, you know, I'll, I'll maybe keep an, an ear to the ground for any special episodes that might happen at some point in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way, and you know, Chris, you and I, we. I mean, we have these conversations on our free time, so um, it's been really great to to be on the on the show and you know talk about it for everyone to sort of get a glimpse of what's coming and really just have a good time. So I think uh, you know it's been great and looking forward to those moments where we can you know maybe have a, a special episode or two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we we sit like ten feet from each other, so <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there's going to be no end to the uh, Zelda conversation that's going to happen from here on I out. Said, Chris, can you just do the intro for me one time? <laughs> <laughs> just need the nostalgia hit. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, echoing, echoing what Ethan and Anthony said. I mean, Chris, uh, it's it's been a pleasure, um, and I'm always happy to to hop on and rap about games uh, whenever, especially. Um, you know, some of the stellar stuff that we've had over the years. So, um, yeah, thank you to you. And uh, I'm so excited for everyone to get their hands on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom soon. I'm excited for me to get my hands on The Legend of Zelda <laughs> yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. I'm excited for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with that, thanks so much. And we'll catch you around the office. All righty. See you thanks then. so much. Thanks. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. A big thank you to everyone who listened this time or listened to any one of the previous episodes. I hope to talk to you again somewhere down the line, so be sure to stay subscribed and maybe revisit some of the earlier episodes if you're feeling nostalgic. And as always, keep playing with power.